Hello, and now we are on podcast number four. Today's guest is Mike Went, who is the production coordinator for the Greater Cleveland Film Commission, and uh, we're really going to talk today about uh, film in Cleveland, which has been a growing um, entity as of late. Basically, Mike uh, talks about his experience with Tribeca and how um, his ups and downs with dealing with rejection from working on a blockbuster film how we can really become better filmmakers uh, regardless of the gear and really talk about uh, the film scene in Northeast Ohio. Um, Mike is uh, not only uh, one of uh, our best resources here in Northeast Ohio for location and film or just basically anything. Um, he would do anything for you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on. And uh, without uh, further uh, delay, here's Mike. Hey, so today we'd like to welcome Mike Went on the show, and Mike, thanks for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate having you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pretty awesome facility here. <laughs> well, thanks so much. It took it took some time, but we've kind of just uh, brought it on, so we appreciate that. Um, hey, so first of all, tell us. Uh, obviously, introduce yourself to the to the audience for those who don't know Mike. He's uh, been around film for some time and has a, a really very interesting journey. So. Um, I'd like to know really how it started and what brought you into this sector. Sure. Uh, so, hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is Mike Went, and I'm uh, currently the production coordinator at the Greater Cleveland Film Commission. But, but you're right. Uh, my journey was not one of the, I, I guess, uh, one that was greatly defined <laughs> initially. So it, uh, you know, I started. Uh, basically at the University of Akron where I was a media production major and was really drawn to documentary film. That that was really my um, initial wanting to get into that. And there was really no film program per se at Akron. There was, you know, it was heavy on the news and, and all that, but uh, started to get into there they had we had a sketch comedy tv show and um i've kind of always been somewhat of an actor uh just you know high school plays and all that stuff and also i think um being kind of stocky short stock you know it's like i've always had to kind of be like the funny guy or quirky so i i'm kind of drawn to comedy so did a lot of sketches there and eventually met you know, some great people that kind of helped me get along my way. So uh, went out to um, one of the students from Akron that I befriended. She got a job in Tribeca in New York, and uh, I eventually got to intern out there. So I uh, was interning at the Tribeca Film Center where, you know, Robert De Niro, it, you know, he had an office right up there. Right. <laughs> so... Um, you know, even the Weinstein company was in that building, you know, RIP now uh, wow. for them. Did you run but into, did you run into good old Harvey then? I, I do. Have, uh, one day I rode an elevator with 
Harvey Weinstein. And it was just like, what, a, you know, do I say something? And uh, I eventually, you know, it was, uh, it's kind of like a weird story, but um, I um, had just saw the movie Clerks 2 because that was one of their first releases under their new banner. So I, I just, for whatever reason, I was feeling good that day. So I was just like, hey, I saw Clerks 2. And, you know, it didn't do that great in the first weekend of the box office. And he <laughs> said, I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> so that is my, my Harvey Weinstein interaction. That's great. Well, and you ran into not Robert, but Bob De Niro. Yes. Right? yes. And so you did some regular work with him as well? Yeah. Uh, so at the time, um, you know, we mostly did work for the the Tribeca Film Center, which they do run the the festival, mm-hmm. but also, um, you know, he was doing some finishing work on a movie called The Good Shepherd. So sometimes some of the interns, we were helping um, help things along with the post-production process. So sometimes that involved screenings or, you know, transporting footage to the, the editor or something like that. So it, it really got me kind of got me the bug so then when i came back to cleveland after the internship that was just all i wanted to do is work on feature films so it took a while to get to get that job um because a there wasn't that much going on and then b it's like nobody really knew who i was so i worked a lot of um no paying jobs that sometimes you know you worked a lot on them but never got to see the finished product but uh really um you know my first taste uh to be on a big set was take shelter um which um tyler davidson produced and jeff nichols directed and i was a grip intern which they don't really allow anymore you know that's uh something that's a union job so they they don't really mm-hmm. allow interns in the grip department but that's what i did and um it was no pay but it was and it was a lot of driving but i learned so much and you know i'm really proud of it and kind of after that i mean the rest is history but yeah i mean i, I could go on forever about right that. no that's <laughs> awesome mike and with so many young people getting into the industry or being fascinated by the industry like you said it takes a long time it takes some patience and being on set and 16 hour days aren't always glamorous can you talk about what your journey was like coming through those times where it wasn't super fun, but you're getting to meet people like Harvey and Bob and then kind of your journey to what you are today and where you're at in your career. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say not having the formal film education, I think at first um, was almost a, a slight hindrance. And when I was on take shelter there, there were sometimes they were calling for certain grip equipment that I had no idea what they were saying, <laughs> what they were saying. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, these shorthand terms that they use for a lot of the equipment. And um, it, it, I kind of had to just fake it. And, um, it, you know, the the mantra of faking it till you make it, I mean, really kind of applies to, to me at first. Um, but I think uh, what they, what a couple of the people that I worked with saw in me was, okay, maybe he doesn't have all of the knowledge, but he seems to know a lot about film he talks a lot about it. And then also with me um, was just that I was willing to do whatever right. hustler. Um, so, um, you know, right after, well, I guess I'll uh, not to expand on this, but, uh, you know, right after take shelter, it was hard to like then find another 
uh, film because there there wasn't a ton filming. But then you know word came out that Avengers was going to come here, and um, I got um, a meeting with some of the people who were hiring, and um, you know dressed up nice and had my my resume and everything and talked a lot about my experiences on Take Shelter, and I actually didn't get the job, and I felt um, just very downtrodden. It was just, you know, to know that this big thing was shooting here and had the opportunity, didn't get it. But what I did, one of the things that I did was I saved uh, all the contact information from that and, um, you know, kind of saved the the email that said, thanks, but no thanks. And when um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier was was coming into town, I figured that a lot of the same people we're going to be on that. Thankfully, the same person who was doing all the hiring for Avengers was also doing for that. So I, I emailed him right away and just said, Hey, look, I know I didn't last time, perhaps I didn't impress you or whatever, but I've been working really hard, you know, meeting a lot of different people, taking a lot of different meetings and everything. And I got the job. And then that's what really kind of snowballed for me like in a good way um then kind of became locations kind of became my thing i think we had a uh, and that's one thing i wanted to circle back on is i think um what a lot of young filmmakers or even experienced filmmakers uh do and i like to talk to you about that and expand upon that is what what people do when the times are down and and also oftentimes we don't get the job and I'd like to say that's more of the the rule than than the exception, and it's kind of weathering that. How do you speak to that? What what kept your morale up? And that was a great example of like kind of coming back, right? Well, yeah. At the same time I was doing this, um, I worked at a a movie theater, really, um, you know, to to help pay the bills. So I was a assistant manager at, at a Regal Cinema, and um, you know, a lot of times I like to say that I was like a projectionist, which I, I was, but it was like, also I was, I was swilling popcorn and you know, all that. But, um, there were a lot of people that I went to school with who things didn't come right away. So they, they quickly adapted and, and moved on. But I was just like, why, why did I spend all this time if I'm not gonna really pursue this? So, um, there was just a lot of that. Um, there was a lot of doubt uh, for a while. And but really what I did was I started uh, working on a documentary of my own uh, that I made about uh, 107.9 The End, the old radio station. And that's what really kind of kept me in the loop. And eventually it played at the Cleveland Film Festival. So that's allowed me to meet a lot of people that I think maybe gave me a second look that maybe didn't notice me at first. So um, while I'm very proud of that film, it's not the most, you know, technologically greatest thing now. Like, cause sometimes when I share it, you know, it was filmed like before HD cameras were more uh, readily available, but, um, but I think it was just kind of showed a certain drive. So that's what really, kept me in it. And there were certainly times where I felt like I should probably get a big boy job or something like that. <laughs> but, um, but no, I'm, I'm glad that I stuck with it because it, it really does take determination. A lot of times I do talk with, um, CSU students or Tri-C students and 
a lot of times like you know they're they're a little bit discouraged like you know we haven't been able to find certain things and i'm just like trust me it's everybody goes through this process and you just really have to be patient and resilient how do you feel about the technology being more readily available now more than ever so really there's no excuse for anybody to say they don't have it right right so that then goes uh, the field the playing field is equal as you know we literally can be shooting with cameras they used on the avengers right at a very low rental cost so how do you think what, what advice would you give to people who are getting into this and and I, I know the answer, hopefully, but what, what's your take on that and how to, how to make us better better filmmakers and not relying on the gear? As you know, many have made, been made with, with a cell phone. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times it, it goes to, you know, the story is, is uh, the most important thing. I mean, you, people can have um, technology mu- much more readily available, but, you know, it can look nice, but if the story doesn't, if, if the story doesn't really catch people, you know, what's the point? Um, I uh, was asked to be a judge for a Kent State uh, Student Film Festival that's going to be taking place uh, pretty soon here. But they, they sent me all the links for the films. And I was I was just kind of blown away but how great all these projects look. And I, I think back to my days at Akron, like if you compared apples to oranges with those projects, like the Akron ones did not look that great. The, the Kent State ones, I, of many of them, you know, I, I noticed at first I was like, oh, this looks kind of grainy. But then I would go to the the bottom of the, the clip and play it in 4K, where almost all these projects were shot in 4K. I, I was kind of blown away by it. Um, and um, so, sorry, I kind of went. But uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, there, but uh, but yeah, but no, technology is available to everybody. And exactly. there's almost no excuse to, uh, to do that. And I. I one of the hardest part, though, story is king, but how to tell a story, I think, is still an art that makes it difficult. Again, you could have all the gears. We've had what we thought were great strip, scripts. How do they? How do you get to, to translate that? To translate what that to film to look good? Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, I'm sure it. Maybe it's even been talked about on this before, but you know, there's a um, there was a great article that excuse me, came out uh, from IndieWire from uh, the, the Duplass brothers who basically talked about going out and, and filming no matter what. You have the technology, just go out with your friends. and like, It's kind of like trial and error. And um, that's like with some of the people who I know who have been struggling to get certain work, I was just like, put that energy into something of your own. I mean, if you already own all this equipment, who cares if you didn't necessarily get on the big the big thing like you can make something that's maybe even better than what some other people are doing so yeah i mean it's um there's just a lot of things out there now that i um you know i just try to encourage a lot of young people coming up because i had so many people kind of help me guide me along and i want to be able to really give it back pay it forward so uh one of the other things is um Obviously, films have kind of uh, had an, uh, a genesis back in Cleveland, and uh, you know, like you'd mentioned a couple of the, the, the Marvel series and even some small films, which I, I love to see. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, White Boy Rick, and and also more recently, um, uh, the HBO film that came out, uh, Native Son. Yeah. Which, uh, as you know, 
well, a lot of people worked on uh, uh, Maddie Libertique, who is like one of my favorite cinematographers. Absolutely. I mean, to be right next to him and say, well, that, you know, that was quite an experience. How do you see that uh, evolving then? I mean, do you think there are more films? Are we, and we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the nuts and bolts of like the, the, I, I think that the tax ramifications are confusing to most people. Sure. Are you able to speak to that? Yeah. Um, well, uh, to go back, you know, um, to your first point, of course, um, a lot of times when you go on our website, it'll be emphasized that we had certain Marvel films here and, you know, Fast 8 and everything. But really the the bread and butter, I, I think, of um, the film industry around here is those kind of uh, lower tier uh films so you know the one to ten million dollar movies um pretty much everything that's shot here over the last couple years is in that range obviously you know captain american avengers that's like that's beyond the norm but uh you know say something like uh my friend Dahmer, which was like 1.25 and you know it shot primarily in akron um but no i mean right now it's looking like it could potentially be a very busy summer um we've been a lot of times with our office we are reached out we're pretty much the first point of contact when a lot of these films are thinking about coming to ohio and um just due to i wish i could rattle off some names but uh you know due to the ndas that i sign sometimes i can't but um the you know i've, I've been scouting for a film uh this week that um you know, I think if it does come, it would certainly hire quite a few people. And, you know, there's another, there's a TV series that's, that's thinking about coming here. And that's something that we've been really clamoring for because that can keep people uh, employed much longer. Uh, this particular series is, you know, has rumored about, you know, a seven month shoot. So if that comes, I mean, that's, that's just something that is, something that I'm really excited about. Um, is, but, excuse me, is that is that just for pilot with potential subsequent episodes or it's a pilot season that they're shooting? It It is. An, it's a continuation of a current series. So each season takes place in a different location, a different time, um, a different time frame. So um, they are, like I said, they're, they're strongly con considering us so it's great um but um with with a lot of the the films that came in last year you know speaking of native son we had i think i would say we would had a, a very eclectic mix of films that came in so uh native son was one of them uh the last summer which is uh, going to premiere on netflix may 3rd and then ICU, which um, just played at the film festival, and then mm. another one called All the Bright Places, which also went to Netflix, um, and uh, that was uh, from a young director, Brett Haley. He's had a couple films that um, have played at the Cleveland Film Festival, and he tends to write films for older, um, featuring older actors. But this was uh, something that he was approached about doing and you know from a great script from a writer named liz hannah who she co-wrote the post for steven spielberg and she's a young i mean she's probably like 34 35 she's kind of like one of the the hot screenwriters right now so anyway um 
I, I think like we're we're attracting uh, good talent here in Cleveland, and um, you know we just want to hopefully be able to usher people uh, to to work on those things. And Mike, I know. The- like when you think about all the things that you're responsible for, it's kind of crazy, right? It's almost like the things that were, where they're like, what are you doing? It's kind of like everything, right? What are some of the biggest things that you, uh, that fall on your shoulders that people might not be aware of? Or what are some of the things that you think that people should be aware of that you guys are, that you're actually responsible for? Yeah. I mean, uh, well off the, off the bat, um, scouting is, is key. Um, like I said, the project that I'm working with now, um, they eventually are going to hire a local, um, location manager, but for the time being, because uh, with the film commission, you know we're a non-for-profit, and we help out films, you know, at a pretty much no cost to them. So they have a free location scout in in myself. Um, so this particular film is, you know, they want to shoot pretty much ninety percent of the film here, and um, so I've been driving all over this week um but so yeah scouting is key um a lot of times just being available um i feel like something and you know not to say anything about people who have had my job before but there are sometimes when people call and if they're waiting for multiple days that might give them that kind of like worry like oh are they going to be supportive here and they go elsewhere so um my phone is like always, always ringing and it's always at my side. So I have to make sure it's always charged. Um, just because any, any minor call can just in going the extra mile for them, giving them information that they need, that's going to make their job easier when they come here, I think puts them at ease. Uh, one of the other things that I'm, uh, you know, this kind of goes along with the scouting, but it's just building our location database so that it's the most complete that it's ever been Uh, because there are sometimes we will get scripts and you know i'll go on you know i'll look for a certain place and and i'm i'm just like shocked that we don't have it so then immediately i'm contacting that place and getting more photos for it so for example there was a film uh that reached out that um it mostly takes place in canada and it's kind of like a ice road trucker kind of movie (laughs) and there were certain things that they needed that we didn't have so i was quickly um scrambling with the help of interns to to get things going um you know and one of the other things that i that i try to do is just to kind of be present in the community um so going to multiple um screenings you know go showing up at film festivals um so like I'm going to be a judge at the Canton Film Festival and this Kent State Festival. Uh, I go to a lot of schools. Um, I just kind of want to, for lack of a better term, it's like kind of like a cheerleader for Cleveland Film and just kind of showing that we are um, here as a resource and people can certainly call upon us when, when we need them. Well, I can I can also speak to that as well. Anytime we've needed you, uh, and we know that your budget 
budget agnostic <laughs> because sometimes we'll go, hey, Mike, we need something for like the weekend. We're doing a little nothing. And and the response has always been appreciated. And uh, you have always gotten right back, if not with a phone call directly, uh, an email saying, hey, I'm out. But, you know, here, refer to this. I think you might have a couple of spots. So we've always appreciated that. Um, I, I think uh, Chris and his research also saw that um, it's not quite as filmmaking is not quite as glamorous as we we. I'll believe oh, yeah. it to be. And uh, I'd love to hear your, your take on it from, you're right, 30 bags of trash to, to uh, you know, kind of just going, gosh, why am I doing this? Um, could you speak to any of those instances? Sure. I mean, even on, uh, uh, so say like, finally got that job on Captain America. But, um, you know, one of the, one of the first days that we had was uh, involved a lot of, uh, it was a, a gun scene. Uh, that took place right outside of the Cleveland, the main branch of the library downtown, and there were just bullets everywhere um, on the on the ground. So usually, when when you yell "rap," um, most people are done for the day. You know, especially like the first AD. I think like there's a car waiting for them. They just immediately <laughs> drive off like when the when the day's over. But uh, for the locations department, you know, that's kind of when the day begins <laughs> um so um i i remember um we had all so there was like just thousands of bullets on the on the ground and my friend and i were responsible for helping pick it up there was also a street sweeper so i i will say that that certainly helped but uh we had you know we we're just putting bullets into garbage bags and like you know hoisted it up try to get into the dumpster then of course the bag breaks and you know I, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times it is not glamorous, especially in locations. I mean, you're, you're the first to arrive usually last to leave. Um, I, I remember I, a couple years ago, I got a brand new car. It was the first time I've like bought a, a, uh, you know, a used car, but that only had like 20,000 miles on it. But, um, that particular, um, production did not, um, uh, accommodate for or at least budget for a utility van for the locations department that's usually what we request because a lot of times you have to haul um cones and barricades and and trash and everything but um so they said uh, we'll get you a van next week but uh, you know for now can you just put it in your car and so like put a couple bags of trash in the car and of course there was like a Oh. A stain in the in the back seat that I've tried to get out now for three years and I still can't <laughs> oh still can't gosh. get it out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's like there were some days. Some days on set are not the easiest because like you're dealing with so many logistical things and and uh, and trash and everything. But uh, really, at the end of the day with locations it's kind of a thankless job mm -hmm. you know if a day goes well um you're not really going to get all the kudos and accolades that that a lot of other departments are going to get but i always make sure my team knows like you guys did a hell of a job like you know and, and mm -hmm. we made a difference like today went smooth because we did a lot of prep work beforehand Right. It's, it, I think it's like it's the team mentality that you, that you're selling. So, uh, do do nice guys finish uh, first here, or do, is it just? Uh, and the the specific question is: the the does getting along with people trump 
uh, talent sometimes, you know, because I, there's a lot of talented people, but frankly, very tough to work with. If I, if you would choose, tell me what your view on that is. Well, I, I will say when I first started off here, um, you know, there were certain egos, um, you know, and I'm not going to name like certain names, but I mean, there are some people who kind of had this, the mentality of, you know, you know, am I allowed to swear? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. My shit, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like my, my, <laughs> Please shit, do. my shit doesn't stink or something like right. that. And I've always just been somebody, and this is just, I think, from my parents and maybe just from my upbringing, it's just always be friendly and nice with people. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's no reason to, um, you know, there's no reason to kind of bully people around when when working here because it's like we're all trying to do the same thing essentially we're all trying to entertain people or we're trying to get ahead in this business and it's like if somebody happens to be like more talented on on a certain aspect don't be like you know jealous of that just be like man that's awesome you know it's like how can we work together possibly in the future or you know like i mean there there are just certain people that you know with you know, going along with like the new technology, I mean, I'm certain younger people coming up seem they're like kind of ascending faster, maybe, you know, just because they they get had more technology with them and they they can, you know, get things out there much better or that, that look good. But it's just like I look at it as, you know, we have to kind of encourage each other um, mm-hmm. to, you know, because like that's what's going to help set us apart from other parts of the country. Um, you know, there, there's no need to be uh, competitiveness. I like that. That's just one thing that I've, I've never really um, understood when certain people are kind of like, if they like trash each other's stuff on uh, Facebook or something, you know, it's like, it's, you should just, everybody has different tastes and everybody wants to make different things. It's like, Let's just kind of rally around each other. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they're taking a chance of putting stuff out there. I mean, exactly. I think that's the bravest thing to do, no matter how bad or good it is. I, I, there's a certain, you know, nobody likes looking at all their old stuff and, and, right. and raving about it. But right. at, the, at the end of the day, we're all at different stages and there's no room for that. Yeah. Um, do you, so in your experience, what has caused films not to, not to come here? What, what do you think the biggest factor has been? Um, certainly with um with some of the larger features you know um our tax incentive basically is one of the make or break things um so our um it's and it's actually when i say tax incentive it is a tax rebate um it's a 30 percent rebate based on how much you spend in ohio um and that is from a it's uh the basis the baseline is a three hundred thousand dollar budget that you must have in order to apply for the tax credit so there have been a couple projects that um, were on the cusp of coming here and uh, actually when i when i first got the job at the commission my first thing that slid across my desk was wonder woman 2 um you know and that was they weren't going to shoot everything here but there was a particular scene revolving around a mall a big set piece that um 
you know, uh, Ivan had some connections with, with people at Warner Brothers from the UK. And um, so I was like going to all these different malls and I, I knew like every mall, like inside and outside. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were really impressed with what they, they had saw. But unfortunately, at the time, just our tax credit was pretty much tapped out for the that fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to go at a certain time. So, like, they wanted to just basically say, like, if we're coming, you know, February or, or March, like, we want to be able to come right then. And it wasn't guaranteed. So, they unfortunately, they went elsewhere. So, um, that is one of the one of the hindrances, I think, of... Um, of why something may not come but we certainly were pretty um aggressive out there and um i mean i have to tip my hat to ivan because he just really he goes out to la periodically and just meets with people and sometimes he has no connection with them he just wants to get the FaceTime with some of these uh studios and everything and just you know extends a hand and he goes to toronto as well meets a lot of people and some of like um i think some of the better scripts that we get come from just those handshake meetings from toronto and um you know so in each project i feel gets a proper attention from us um and you know like right now there's you know i have this one bigger project that i'm scouting for but there's like two other things that um, right now I'm, I'm finishing up, uh, you know, by the end of the week. So it's, uh, it's a never ending thing. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about the infrastructure here where we would feel that a lot of the skilled labor would be local instead of them having to fly out a, a DP or a, or certain like a DIT. I think there's a couple, uh, in the state. So I, 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 I think that it certainly would go a long way. Um, in, in having those people local, have you have you tried to uh, encourage that here so that you could say we really have a strong infrastructure that you would because it does save them on costs and not having to put people. I'm sure you understand that. So how how would you approach that, or where do you think we need to be as a city to improve that? Um, well, I, I will say a lot of times when when productions are looking here, the uh, we tend to you know we'll send them crew lists. Um, from everything that that's worked here and we emphasize that look you have pretty much almost everybody here locally that you can hire to do yours uh to do your show i mean there are a couple um uh places where we we do lack but um say like um assistant directing uh or dga assistant directing uh, we don't have uh, a lot of those but there are a couple people in the training program so hopefully we can change that perception soon so um but yes uh there are basically i think one of the things that we we do probably um need is maybe just more training as far as um you know getting because we have a lot of i think great solid dps here but they're maybe not recognized by the the coasts yet um so Maybe just, you know, if it's uh, simply contacting some DPs out there to come and do some kind of training courses so then that can hopefully get the word out that we have very capable people of doing that. Because then that would save, yeah, I mean, it would save productions a lot of money than 
you know, having to put them up in a hotel and get them a car rental and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, one of the things that actually on our website we're offering is this uh, new program called Film Skills. Uh, so it, um, it, you know, it kind of, um, at first they were, they approached us about this to, to put it, offer it on our website. Um, and I was kind of like skeptical cause I was just, cause it, you know, it's like video, um, tutorials and, and everything. And I, I was just like, when I was hearing about it, I almost like started snoozing, but I actually watched, um, watched all of them during um we had kind of like a winter hiatus a little bit like for the holidays they were good like they're they're really solid and they have um like people that I, like known name people giving the the lectures on these things kind of like so, the master's class yeah which i thought i think is done very well yeah yeah the, and this is like maybe a step below that you know it's not like martin scorsese but like you know you have <laughs> you know you have uh, other people who are very capable of of um telling the directing process and everything wow. so that's something that we're trying to do you know we're working a lot with csu because they have their film school here i mean i don't know it's um there, we're, we're always trying new things to just get the word out there that, you know, maybe we're one of the best kept secrets, you know, or maybe not so secret, but like, you know, we're, that we have so many talented people here and that we're really trying to emphasize, hire these people. Don't, you don't have to bring in so many people. Right. You've been here for a while. You're very established. And to circle back to that, uh, being so established, you've acquired such uh, a deep, well, not not really uh, Rolodex, but a database of locations that yeah. are vast, a huge asset for anybody shooting a film here. Um, also, want to circle back to the scouting side of that. What can you walk us through? What makes a really good scout, or what makes an efficient scout of a location that you're going to be shooting at? Um, I, I think um, a strong scout will um, will accommodate for a, quite a bit of time when when going to a place, mm -hmm. um, so that. You know, a lot of times I usually allow like 45 minutes to an hour uh, when going somewhere. And I try to shoot it at as many um, many angles as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there is a... So it really kind of eliminates a lot of the questions that somebody who's looking at the pictures might have. You know, it's like, okay, well, that looks cool, but, you know, where's the reversal? So it's like mm -hmm. I... And when especially when presenting them to higher up people um you know i'll even just put in the you know um I'll, I'll put in like the description um what it's a reversal of or something you know just you know being specific as possible so um you know and i'm um not below like um you know there's some people who are just like oh if i haven't heard of it i'm not going to scout it like i'm I'm open to anything. Like I'm sometimes even on uh, social media or something, I'll just be like, if you have a house or a business or something, just let me know. Cause uh, I'll schedule something. Cause we also, we have all these interns along, around our office and they, they love when they get to go on scouts. So if I'm not like, if I don't have any scouts lined up, they're just looking at me like, come on, come on, man, get, you know, get it together. Um, <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, I think, uh, there's a lot of things when also when scouting. So, um, the other thing that like, you kind of have to 
think about is it could be amazing location, but if everything else around it does not work logistically, it's probably best to not present it. Even though like, um, so for example, um, I was actually just on the phone with somebody coming down here. Um, there's a project that wants to do quite a bit in little Italy and little Italy is, um, great aesthetically, but logistically it is, can be a nightmare, um, you know, because there's a lot of one way streets and there's not necessarily like a lot of, um, uh, parking lots uh, to put all your crew and everything. So um, I now have to kind of um, go back and tell these people that it may not be the it may not be the best. I mean, maybe a splinter crew or something. But if you're having like the full blown out eighty person crew in Little Italy, it's probably not going to be the easiest road. So um, you know it. In you know I'm totally okay with with uh, doing that, you know, I, I can admit when I'm wrong, you know, just because I, I, a lot of times I like to encourage feedback and especially uh, the person who I'm talking to is like, you know, one of my mentors and he sometimes can be tough, uh, you know, like kind of like a hard love kind of thing where it's just like, yeah, never show them little Italy again, you know, <laughs> something like that. And I'm just like, copy that. Got you. Um, but yeah, I think that that's like another thing, uh, is just listening. Um, when, you know, when you're on a scout, say if like if some of the directors or, or producers are in town, I just, I, I can sometimes, um, be a quiet person when they're around and it doesn't mean that I'm not friendly, but it's just like, I'm, I'm trying to absorb everything that they're saying Mm -hmm. and, I try to like just blend in so I can hear everything and then I jot it down and then I convey it to whoever else is working on it. It's like, okay, this is what they like. This is what they didn't like and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I can tend to blend in, I guess, mm-hmm. which is an asset. That's that's great. Well, do you have any uh, f- uh, future projects you're working on or uh, how do you find time that to actually, you know, to uh, follow your passion of, of filmmaking. And uh, I'm sure that's still something that you want to do. Absolutely. So uh, we just had a short film at the Cleveland Film Festival called Julie of the Jury. Um, it's And it's doing pretty well festival-wise. Um, it played in Austin, Texas. and At South By? Uh, not at South by, I, I wish, <laughs> well, I mean, but, but no, it, it's at the, uh, it was, the, it was called the Austin comedy film festival, nice. um, which I, I really wish I could have gone down there cause I've never been. And I've, I've just heard it's a great city. Um, but, um, it was just like the Cleveland film festival ended and the next day started the Austin one. So it was, I just couldn't get that time off work. Um, but, um, you know, we're waiting on a couple other film festival uh, announcements for it uh but the the thing that i've been working on for the last couple years and you know kind of going back to the i'm drawn to documentaries and everything but uh, i'm finishing up a documentary about robert banks the the filmmaker from here and it's called robert banks i'll tell you about that later we've been filming for about uh gosh almost three years now and uh, now we just um over the last couple months we've been starting the post-production process and um it's it's coming together i i'm really excited about it 
And um, it's like Robert is somebody that I've worked with quite a bit. And um, for the last 10 years, you know, he was working on his feature film called Paper Shadows. And that's what really kind of, uh, you know, inspired the idea. You know, I was helping him recolor some of his old shorts. And I um, just was amazed at, like, I was like, these shorts are so great. Like, you know, how come, um, you know, they're not out there more and, and everything. So wanted to kind of focus on him and do a, it's, you know, I would say a portrait documentary of, of who he is as an artist. And he's certainly one of the best that we have. For sure. That's super cool. And, uh, even since college, you've mentioned that you had a, a lot, your interest in documentaries, I guess, what was your fascination with them or what is it about documentaries that, that you appreciate so much? You know, it's funny. I, um, as a kid, we had HBO in my house and I feel like HBO was like, uh, having that was like, uh, the ultimate, uh, you know, film school or something. But I, I remember they used to have, and I think they still have them, but it's called like the HBO first look. So it was like before a movie would come out and it was now like looking back on it, you know, it's, it's more like a promotional piece for people to go see the movie. But I was always kind of drawn to the, you know, seeing the behind the scenes of things and like how that was and, um, kind of started, with you know actually with having hbo and a lot of cable channels when i was younger uh just watching some of these documentaries like got really into the michael moores and um and uh yeah i actually uh got into like there was one summer i was i watched a lot of errol morris errol morris films and everything and just was always um drawn to that even as like a young kid you know like where everybody else is talking about i just saw the new men in black movie. And I'm like, Oh, I just watched, uh, you know, Vernon, Florida or something. You know, and they're like, what is that? Um, but, uh, but no, I, I don't know that that's just, uh, an art form that I think, um, just is always drawn to me. And I'm all, you know, I think, uh, last year was just such a great year for documentaries. Um, I, I mean, I was just blown away. And, you know, this year at the, the Cleveland film festival, I saw, probably about 12 or 13 movies. And I think 11 of the 13 were docs and, uh, there, there was some really good stuff in there. So I, I don't know. That's just something that I've always been drawn to. Cause I know it, it, it takes a lot of passion to get those done years. Um, and meeting a lot of the documentary filmmakers who come into the festival saying like, yeah, seven years, 10 years. And not always know. with funding either. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So, and I feel in a lot of ways that kind of goes along with, I don't know, just kind of like my mantra or like kind of my Midwest mentality of, you know, it, it might take 10 years to make, but getting it done and doing it on our terms. Mm -hmm. Those are the true, I think arguably the true filmmakers because to stick to somebody with seven years, you must have a passion that you prove that especially with no money or funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there, didn't you have a streak of uh, where you had watched movies every day for a, a, an inordinate amount of time? I mean, what, what is the, <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, how many times have you been? <laughs> well, tell me about that and well, how that began. Um, not necessarily a streak, but I, well, I have this thing about, um, well, seeing things theatrically. Um, so, I have like uh, extensive lists 
of like how I how I track like what I what I've seen. So each year um, I always like present the the scene in theaters list. So like there's actually and then like I usually watch a lot more movies like um, you know that I that I don't necessarily track, but I I only track like the stuff that I saw in theaters, and I also have this like almost obsession of like seeing things on 35 millimeter or whatever. So <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to the Cinematheque a lot because they, they sh- bring a lot of things back on a film print. So yes, that is, I am sometimes my fiance, um, it deserves like all the, the medals that she can get because <laughs> she, she, um, so, you know, there's times where it's like, you know, we should go to this thing. I'm like, but, you know, there's a, a new print of, um, yeah, there's a brand new 35 millimeter print of Jaws that's showing at, you know, the Cinematheque, you know, and she's like, okay, let's go. You know, that's how <laughs> so, you knew she was the one, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I think at first, uh, she, when, when we first started dating, she was not so much. Or she's a movie watcher, but not so much of a movie goer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like when certain things come out, and you know, she's like, "When are we going to that?" So um, I, th- I wouldn't say like I've trained her, but um, <laughs> you know, I would never force her to go to something that she doesn't want to go to. But she's now like her movie knowledge has, right. has grown. You're rubbing off on her. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the, I mean, so the good news is that movies are still in your uh, in your eyes meant to be seen in the theater, and hopefully they'll oh, never die. I mean, yeah. there's just something about going to a theater, even if the theater is empty. Yeah. Um, but there's something about a full theater when everybody's just up for it. You right. Know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I with so many things now on streaming, and sometimes like that's the first place that you're going to see them. But if I know that, so say for example, the Orson Welles movie, uh, The Other Side of the Wind, that was finally uh, announced uh, that that Netflix released, but um, they gave. They made a handful of prints and like they they sent one to the Cinematheque and they had two showings and like I was so glad that I watched it there first because I think if I would have first watched it on Netflix um, in a in like a, the living room with maybe just my fiance like it wouldn't have had the same impact mm-hmm. that that when we saw it projected with an audience like a, a huge crowd for it. Um, it's just always so much better for me because like I'll probably either fall asleep or I'll look at my phone or I'll get bored because mm-hmm. it's like when I'm because that's in, part of the experience too is the crowd and the environment yes. and every, other people's reactions wouldn't you say yeah I mean a lot of times you know I'm so attached to my phone and a lot of times people do criticize me for that but when I'm in the theater I shut off the phone <laughs> put it away I became fu- become fully immersed in what I'm I about bet. to watch. Doesn't it ruin it when somebody's like oh, not it's the worst. <laughs> the glowing screens yeah. talking right behind you. Yeah, <laughs> those glowing <laughs> screens, right? It makes it it makes it miserable. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, I we first of all we appreciate you being on. I, I really yeah, no love the uh, the the background of of kind of what's going on. If you were gonna give advice to um, like kind of I, this is asked a lot on different podcasts I, but i happen to think it's a good question um you know to your old self and saying how what 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 would you have done better or, or what what main 
main thing could you give to young filmmakers or filmmakers who are, I don't even want to say struggling because I think that is the norm mm-hmm. when we are We're constantly looking yeah. for, uh, constantly looking for work. Where, where are you with that? Um, and what advice would you give? I would say, um, if I were with my old self, probably would have been to, because I had, you know, I had that regal, like that safety net job, would have probably been to cut that safety net job earlier, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because who knows? I mean, maybe I, I might be a little further along than, than maybe I am now. I mean, but I, but I feel like I've, um, you know, and I feel weird saying it, but you know, it's like, I feel like I'm doing pretty good, but it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like I was nervous for a while of just being fully immersed into the, the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think that's sometimes what I, uh, there, there's a young woman that I've been trying to help give advice and she, she reaches out a lot and, you know, we've met a couple times in person, but mostly, you know, we met through social media and she's just, you know, she wants to so badly be in the, the industry, but you know, she has two part-time jobs. So it's, you know, I, I, um, I've never hate to, or I always hate to like say quit the, these jobs, but it's like, if you want to get here, it's like, you gotta be just all in. And, um, while it might be a struggle at first, you know, maybe that's the, that's what like people are going to probably call you more cause they know you're available. Mm-hmm. So that is something I probably would have done differently if, if I could, but, um, but other than that, I mean, not not much, re- no no regrets, I guess. Where you are, where you're at, so. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I mean, uh, I think another common thing was w- what you're looking for in those individuals or, or what you spoke about yourself, you know, being willing to learn, hardworking, no ego. Almost all those things are equal parts, wouldn't you say? Or would you say one is more important? What would you say to that? Yeah, I would say is, uh, yeah, I mean, the the no ego thing is something that i really try to embrace um when um you know in, it just even like with some of the short films or you know even the documentary production it's just we're team mm-hmm. um and uh that that's just something that i always try to emphasize you know it's like i'm not um i think one of the things is i was willing a couple times to like help out with like some of the student films that that have been shooting around here lately and i think they were they were like kind of took a step back like you would work on my thing or you would be an extra for me for that and i'm just like yes mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean i get so it's like well where some people might be like oh god i wouldn't be caught dead doing that at this juncture in my life but it's like I feel once again where it's like, you know, we're all in this, you know, for the same reasons. For sure. So, um, and I've had to ask a lot of favors and I want to give back mm-hmm. as many favors. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about the, the no ego thing. It's just, you didn't think you'd get a lovely parting gift, but we actually have a, a card for you to, 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 to take <laughs> home that, that we give to everybody who oh. comes to the studio. You didn't think you would get uh, 
Hey, um, so you can, you can take one of those. That's awesome. <laughs> With that note, on that note, I love it. Right? That's great. No, I'm gonna so, make a picture. <laughs> so, how do we find you? Um, so, I am easily uh, accessible on Facebook. Um, so you can find me. I think it's like Facebook slash Mike Went One. I think is what it, what it's under. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Instagram at n Mike. Um, so because of the, I made that end documentary, I, a lot of my social media things were revolved around that. I've just never really changed it. So on Twitter, I'm N Mike one, um, because there's one other person who is N Mike on there, but, uh, <laughs> but on Instagram, I got N Mike all to myself, but, um, it's just the letter N and then Mike and uh, E N D and Mike. Okay. Yes. Very good. E N D and Mike. Yeah. And so, if you are looking him up, his last name is W E N D T, correct? Correct. Right. Okay. Correct. I mean, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I, I'm very active on Facebook and, and Instagram. And on his cell phone. You can reach him anytime. Yes. Yeah. Phone, right? <laughs> and if, if somebody wanted to reach uh, the Film Commission, how would they find you there? Clevelandfilm.com. And, um, you know, you can find my information's on there. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, we get questions from. People who have big productions, if, even if people who have small productions, mm-hmm. there's no, um, we have no limit uh, to what we help with. So I want to encourage anybody who might be listening to this who has, you know, if they feel like, oh, we're just a small budget thing, um, we still, we will certainly help wherever we can with anything, locations, permits, whatever we can. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's one thing James and I were talking about. Is you guys make everybody feel special, whether they're, uh, you know, at a Marvel movie coming into town or if it's a small doc that we're doing on a low budget. So yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for your time, Mike. We really appreciate you. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. No, it, it was great having you. Thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Okay, that was Mike Wynn. I look forward to working with him in a future project. Um, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to having you on the next podcast.